and uh, welcome to Open Paddock, the Rallycast number 49 for February the 12th, 2019. Look at that, we're almost to number 50. This week we have Michael Hooper of River City Racing as our guest. We'll find out about how he got bit by the rally bug and why he decided to choose Alexis as his rally weapon of choice. Hoop also took first place at the inaugural Missouri Ozark Regional Rally a week ago, where he did a charity raffle with the winner being rewarded a co-drive. This is Open Paddock, the Rallycast. It won't have escaped your notice that we've mixed things up a bit this week. We weren't even sure if there was going to be a show tonight. Well, I was actually digging my way into my house this evening. Greetings, Mike. How does it feel to be in the co-driver's seat, so to speak? Ah, it feels great, actually. You know, I get to let you do all the hard work. And uh, let's see here. Maybe I can make you edit it, too. Ha ha. <laughs> I don't have any editing software. No. Yeah, you darn Mac users. Oh, I think I offended some people there. Um, especially considering I think our listener base is majority people on iPhones downloading through iTunes. So uh, apologies there. Um, anyways, but uh, no, I I'm totally cool with uh, you being the lead presenter. Have at it, man. Okay, right. Well, first, we have some feedback from uh, Snowdrift Show number 47. Uh, the first piece, piece is like uh, my wife says that after after listening to that uh, podcast, she said, I don't talk enough. Well, you're making so. up for it now. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure, isn't it? And uh, our second piece is that it has to be an apology, really, doesn't it, Mike? Uh, well, that's all me. Um, yeah. You know, you went for uh, did that uh, TSD in the um, Audi R8 with your friend uh, Keith Morgan and I was being sarcastically, hopefully funny, and apparently not, um, about how the Audi R8, you know, you guys had uh, had to, I was saying that, you know, that's a car that's only for pristine conditions and all that stuff. Come on, the reality is, we'd all die to ride in an R8, or drive one, or what be around one. Those things are killer cars, and it does have all the hallmarks, of course, of a true rally beast, the way that they design it with the all-wheel drive and all that stuff. Um, unfortunately, you guys did end up last place, but... That, that was just really cool to have a car like that out in that environment. Um, that, that was some serious snow you guys were in too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was an interesting, interesting day. That snow was. It was. It was beautiful. And I was. Yeah. I mean, I, this, the R, that R eight experience. It was almost a life changing experience for me in a way because you know I didn't know what supercars were about until I got in that car, and. Uh, the way it handled on the roads, on the on the packed snow, oh, it was it was an incredible experience. Uh, and I also and the sound, have, and that's, yeah. that's oh. one thing that supercars they really tend to in, do intentionally, right? Is make it so you do hear the engine noise, whereas every other oh, car in the market is about how do we get rid of engine noise? Uh, and it did. It sounded absolutely fantastic. Yeah, but even I have to uh, put out a little bit of an apology to Keith as well because. I kept getting Keith's name wrong. I was calling him Keith Walker in the podcast last 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 time, and it's really it is Keith Morgan. I don't know why. I'm just bad with people's names. In fact, Mike, if you look at the show notes here, I've got down our special guest as Michael Cooper. <laughs> 
<laughs> sometimes I am just not very good with names. So sorry, Keith. I'll get your name right next time, and I owe you a pint or two. So we've got well, our let's, apologies. Let's hope that uh, Keith, though, he had a good rally experience, even though you know you guys didn't place like you wanted to, and uh, that car will be out there doing TSDs again because you know, yeah. Audis they need to be rallied, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yep, so we've got, our, we've got our apologies out of the way, so it's time to get on with the show proper and do what we do best, talk rally. All right, let's do it with the hoop. Hey, Mike, have you noticed how this year we've only had guests on the podcast who are winners? We had Doug Shepard, who's won so many times he's a rally legend. We had the Brown Brothers, so we've had uh, Cameron and Preston and ODD. And now we're adding another name to the, our winners club. Winner of the Missouri Ozark Regional Rally this last weekend, Michael Hooper. Michael, welcome to the winners show. How are you doing this evening? I'm great, Ian. Thanks for having me. I, I was wondering where you're going with it. I'm glad you're calling me a winner. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous for a minute there. Well, we did start off with like Doug Shepard, so we're putting you in the legend class to us for a start there. So <laughs> I'll take it. I don't believe it, but I'll take it. Good, good company. <laughs> so uh, we like to start with the first and the simple, the easy questions first. How did you get started in rallying? Well, um, I grew up out on the peninsula, Olympic Peninsula, Washington State, and I guess I really did a lot. Um, most of my rally, and before I actually had a rally car, um, wasn't much to do out there. And I get the very first day I got my license, I was supposed to go mountain biking. And that uh, mountain bike ride was five miles down a gravel road. And I realized that the gravel road was way more fun than the mountain biking. And uh, never actually made it to the trail that day. Just ended up driving all over. <laughs> I love it. In Pretty much then until uh, until I was 19, you know, every every chance we got, if we had money, it went in the gas tank and we went in the woods. What and, kind of car and, were you driving? Uh, well, <laughs> I was making a lot of cars rare those days. <laughs> um, S, uh, S10 Blazer actually was what I got my start in. Uh, so Ian, you'll like that. Um, uh-huh. And then uh, that ended up upside down at some point. And I had a whole slew of small four-cylinder, uh, rear-wheel drive, front-wheel drive, Datsun B210. Classic. Uh, Chevy Cavalier, four-cylinder automatic. <laughs> you could do, uh, actually pull off reverse entries with that thing. Uh, <laughs> a Subaru. I had one Subaru in there. Just just beaters, mainly. Um, and, and eventually a, a little Corolla E86. Again, it was a beater, but obviously a little more fun than the other ones. Um, disposable, I guess, is the common common thread on all my vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> so you're out here in the Northwest uh, getting a taste of the roads, but uh, what was the actual first rally you ended up entering then? Well, uh, I didn't even know rally existed, actually. You know, the peninsula is kind of isolated out there. So we did that for, like I said, probably three years until I was 19. And then we found uh, Ben's Rally Page. I don't know if you guys remember that from way back in the day. But Ben's Rally Page was a, a internet site, you know, big big on all kinds of rallies out there. And I think it was Doo-Wops was coming up the next weekend. And I didn't even know Rally existed at the time. Uh, but my girlfriend and I 
you know, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So we loaded up the car and, and headed down to, I don't know if that was out of Capitol Forest, uh, Shelton area, or kind of close to Olympus, somewhere in there, maybe Belfair. But anyways, um, drove down there and, and watched that event and then promptly came back and did a, uh, a rally course. I think it was at a um, like ORV park type rally sprint out there where they they train you all day and then I think Dave Clark came in and talked about roll cages and Ralph uh, Joe Noyes Ralph Cosmides uh, co-driver at the time came in and talked about navigating and then they'd stick you in a car and let you go around the course with a driver. So after that, my first ride was uh, Joe Noyes's uh, Mark IV Supra. Wow. And that pre- pretty much set set the hook uh and ended up building my first corolla maybe two years later so maybe 2001 mm-hmm. first event was a rally sprint rapidian rally sprint in virginia so you moved yeah. back east at that point yeah yeah i guess there's a missing link so at some point in there um moved down to atlanta Gotcha. Yeah, so so actually got a job where I could make some decent money down here, and then started building a car right away. Uh, once a little bit of money started coming in, so so the addiction was was pretty well set there. <laughs> that as right. soon as you got a job, it didn't even matter where you were. You you actually packed up and moved across the country, and yep. still I got to find a way to rally. And and it was kind of neat, you know. When I moved down here, uh, I, I was working on a, a river, the Koei River which I don't know if you guys went to the Cherokee Trails, but it's actually centered right around the Ocoee River. And I was driving down the road, and I thought when I moved down here, I, I moved away from Raleigh, and I, I'm heading down the highway, and I see an Audi, you know, full-spec gravel car sitting on a trailer on the side of the road. So I immediately pull over and, and leave a note on the guy's windshield and come to find out, you know, kind of like when we found Ben's rally page, had no idea there was a rally coming up the next weekend. Cherokee Trails... <laughs> 2001 was literally going to be, you know, 45 minutes from where I was living. So we worked that rally and then uh, actually ended up running it a couple of years later. So these things just like fell right in your lap, really, didn't they? It's like just finding out that there's something going on the next week. I mean, it's it's like it was like destined for you, really. I'm a pretty lucky guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I usually stumble into things and it, it just works out. So um, very, very grateful it did. And yeah, it's pretty pretty random all right so um you were saying that you uh built your first corolla and i guess what's the rallying been like for you uh out there uh, on the east side i guess um how many events uh, a year were you doing about then so not not very many actually the, the first one was actually a rally spin in, in virginia and then cherokee i think was a year after that but um i ran right around 2001 2002 I did Cherokee Trails and then uh, Sandblast. And actually, I, I think I did Sandblast before Cherokee. Uh, and then somewhere in there, I got married. So the first three months of my marriage, I did two rallies in Sandblast and 100 Acre. Brave man. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and then no no rallies for like seven years. Okay, that, that's <laughs> it. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, you know, just other stuff took precedent for a while and buying a house and and sold the car but pretty much every time i sell a car i end up building another one so hopefully someday i'll learn not to sell them it's easier just to keep one a little bit a little bit so uh i went back to school and i ran a couple couple rallies here and there 
you know, and borrowed cars or shared cars. Um, but I really started getting back into it in 2015 and build up a, a E30 BMW and race that, I think, three or four events with NASA and then uh, moved over to Rally America in 16, 2016 and did uh, three or four events that year and then went ahead and decided to build the Lexus in 17 and bring it out for 18. So mm-hmm. the last four years I've been pretty heavy into it. That, that brings us, of course, to the logical question of um, Alexis. What was it that got you to decide on the Lexus as a platform? Um, what is it? An IS three fifty? Is that what it is? Correct. Correct. Yeah, it's an O six IS three fifty. Um, and so that's the the first year of that body style. The IS three hundred was before that, and that body style I think runs up to the two thousand thirteen. And it's uh, so. You might have noticed on the side of the car, I've got Jarco. Jarco mm-hmm. is uh, now it's a family business, and it's actually the same guy that I used to work for, and I built that Corolla back around 2000. He's, he's my brother-in-law now, so we're vested. <laughs> what they do is uh, Toyota engines for for Toyota dealerships and Lexus dealerships, and he's a big Toyota guy from way back, and uh, he's always been like a great mechanical resource for me it actually encouraged me to build the the corolla so we've always kept him as a, a sponsor on the car and he he bared with the bmw but he really wasn't <laughs> a, he was not a big fan uh but it's an e30 i mean come on, they sound great yeah yeah i mean they're okay but the the breaking point was i was looking at building another car and uh rx7 <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> I wanted to go back to uh, you know Japanese engineering. That's kind of my background and what I've always been involved with. And with the BMW, it was a great car, but every time I had to get an 18 mil out or a 16 mil out or a 13 mil out, <laughs> mm-hmm. it just was grating on me. And I, uh, I don't know. I just like uh, Japanese cars. Always have. Mm. So I was looking at Mazdas, and and he kind of said, you know. I got to draw the line at Mazda and a rotary. I, I just can't help you if you're going to build a rotary. And uh, I was like, well, there's no, there's no good Toyotas. You know, there's a BRZ, and a lot of people are running it successfully, but he's a pretty diehard Toyota fan. He's really not a fan of the Subaru engine and the Toyota. And he actually said, what about the Lexus? And I was like, oh, no, way too heavy. You know, it could never work. It's just too big, and it's, you know, 3,600-pound car. And I, I kind of, you know, blew off that idea, and then started gnawing on it a little bit. And I said, like, "Well, let's let's look at the specs." And so we looked it up, and it's within. I think if you look up a, a IS three fifty and compare it to like the latest version of the STI, it's within maybe fifty to one hundred pounds, uh, within three horsepower, and I think uh, like three quarters of an inch in all the dimensions. Yeah, sounds about right. So. I was like, well, if they can drive those, you know, it may be big, but maybe it's not too big. Let's let's look and, and see if, if we can get our hands on one. So I looked on Craigslist, and sure enough, there was a wrecked one for 800 bucks, uh, not far down the road. So I figured we'll get it, look at it, see what we think. So we grabbed it and started looking at the suspension. And really, to our surprise, it was really suited to rally. Uh, the front suspension is a, a downsized Tacoma oh, design. Wow. Uh-huh. So 
it's not utilizing a strut. It's actually got a, a um, upper and lower control arm and then a vertical upright with a, a shock. And it uses the same shocks front and rear, their same style. So with that, you know, we're able to use a, a off-the-shelf uh, Bilstein, like, pre-runner type coilover. And so for really, you know, robust, it's not adjustable, but uh, robust, tunable suspension, you know, you're looking at 350 bucks a corner uh, versus, you know, maybe $5,000 to do a, a set of struts for a car. So that's worked out really well. And then travel. You know, it's, it's getting uh, over 10 inches in the front and a little bit over 11 in the rear. And uh, so far, as, I mean, the car just amazes me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I never expected it to be as good as it is, honestly. It's it's just, uh, it, it really does well on gravel. Cool. So, so, do, so do, do Lexus know about this? I mean, th- there can't be any Lexus contingency, I guess. I, I think they pay us to, to take the badges off the car. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, they, they like stuff we post every now and then on online, but they, they don't care. I'm sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's a cool build and it sounds mm-hmm. great too. I mean, wow. You, you can definitely tell when you go by. Yeah. I was, I was like watching, watching one of the, uh, you in car videos earlier on and oh boy, the, it, the engine did sound pretty fantastic. It, uh, it 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 does really well. It, it used to be quieter until Ohio last year. We were doing the super special against Seamus, and at uh, Ohio they they line you up side by side, pointing opposite directions, mm-hmm. and you take off. And I couldn't hear my car until I got to the end of the straight. All I could hear was Seamus's car. And I said, "Okay, <laughs> that, that's game it. on. It's got to be louder." That and and we kept uh, you know we'd watch uh, videos of the car. Yeah, or be looking for videos after events and, and they'd miss our car all the time because it was so quiet you couldn't hear it coming so we uh made it louder <laughs> <laughs> i like it well this, it sounds is, awesome this is, man this is good advice for beginners isn't it make your car loud so that it gets seen by everybody yeah it, it, <laughs> it, it's I think a safety our, feature <laughs> yeah, you definitely aren't going to miss that one coming in the woods. <laughs> but you're actually really quiet until you're on it. Awesome. So you'll notice, like, uh, you know, around town or just pulling in park for me, you almost can't hear it. But, you know, once you start getting into it, 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 it sings. It's actually, on transit, it's it's kind of obnoxious. It sounds terrible. But if you get it, you know, 45 to, to 7,000 RPM, it, it really starts moving. Well, when we uh, had you on last time just to talk about LSPR, of which you won your class, um, you went on to win again recently, uh, this inaugural Missouri Ozarks Regional Rally. Um, explain that event a little bit. It's a brand new one. It's a regional one-day event, right? Um, yeah, in the general area, I think, where 100 Acre Wood is? Yeah, so it's... Um... I, th- I think they said maybe 100 miles from Potosi. I-, I thought it was a little closer, but that's the number I heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, very similar dirt to the 100 acre and, and sort of a similar feel. A little bit narrower than the 100 acre roads, but really fun stages. It was made up, uh, I think, four stages, and it was 12 miles each stage, and it was the same section of road. So you'd actually run it the same direction twice and then they had a service and then you'd run it the opposite direction two more times and it was set up as a tulip rally so instead of calling you know every single corner Mm -hmm. 
and I know you guys know what this is, but for everybody else, um, they just have the major features, you know, the, the gotchas, the junctions, spectator areas, creek crossings, which there's three or four of, uh, and so on. So a little bit different. You know, you, you're not committing to the notes nearly as much. You're really trying to drive what you see. And we had run Show Me Rally. I guess that was early October. It was also tulips, but at that event, you know, there was still a lot of green on the trees, and you really didn't have the line of sight. Whereas at uh, Ozark, I mean, you could really, really, I don't want to say push, but you, know, you could tell where that road was going. So it was a little less stressful and a, a little more fun to really, you know, commit over some of those crests. Well, talking about uh, commitment here, you uh, had a charity thing that uh, also led somehow in a roundabout way to uh, your co-driver. I- explain uh, what that's all about. So, um, actually, at that same company, Jarco, I have met a guy named Joe Joe Vitrano, and they recently lost their son to Fanconi anemia, uh, which is obviously very tragic. But... Uh, the, the charity that the fundraiser was for, Fanconi Anemia Research Foundation, um, really helped, did a lot to help that family, uh, you know, both before and after and, and support them in all sorts of ways. So I don't know if you ever noticed, but we've actually run Fanconi stickers or decals on the car since we debuted it. And nobody's ever asked anything about it. <laughs> yeah, we are kind of doing it for awareness. Uh, and it just never really comes up. So we had it in our head to, to do a fundraiser and kind of a, a uh, you know, just uh, put it out, out front a little more uh, for Fanconi Anemia Foundation. And I definitely learned a lot. I, I think we could run it a little bit smoother, but it went pretty well. Uh, and a lot of people supported supported the raffle. And basically what we did was raffle off uh, the spot to co-drive at Ozark. Wow, that that's pretty freaking cool, man. Yeah, it uh, it, it was very cool. In, in what you were were talking about, in terms of my navigator, the guy that won. So it, it actually turned out being somebody from Jarco that won, because of course you know friends and family put in a lot of money, you know, buying tickets and supporting the fundraiser. But just about everybody that was family. Uh, and, and some outsiders as well were donating their uh, win to to Joe, you know, the father. Mm-hmm. Um, so he ended up getting the ride, which was really neat because way back in 2000 when I went to Virginia, he was the guy that stepped up and said, hey, I'll, I'll sit for you at that event. So I wouldn't say he's my co-driver. He's, he co-drove one race for me uh, 20 years ago, but it kind of went full circle. He, he's a an old super bike racer and has nerves of steel. I don't think I rattled him once. And we were, we were committing and I, I, he, he didn't miss a beat. So it was, it was pretty neat. Yeah. Cool. Cool. You, 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 cause really you didn't want anybody in the, in the car of like three miles down the road. They'd be screaming, pull over, pull over. I've had it off. We, we just kind of looked like it, uh, looked at it as a fun event. So, mm-hmm. Really no pressure. I, I would yeah. have taken any, anybody that wanted uh, to sit, and it would have been fine. And that's kind of how we advertised it. It's like, look, you know, if you want to sit over there and, and just watch and, and have fun, you know, that's great. We'll drive what we see and look at it like a test. 
you know, if you want to try and, and write some notes the first pass and, and call them back on the second pass, that's fine too. So, you know, it was just a, a good thing for, for uh, the foundation and got us a test and was an opportunity for somebody to have some fun. So, so I got good awareness for the, uh, for the cause. What was the, what was the cause's name again? I, uh, it's, it's far for short. F-A-R-F. It's uh, Fanconi Anemia Research Foundation. Uh-huh. And Fanconi.org is the site. You know, I, I think this guy is, you know, could could end up uh, doing more of this co-driving thing because I see other people out of the, what, there's like 10, 11 entries had some uh, time penalties and you guys had none. <laughs> yeah, he nailed it. <laughs> I mean, that's impressive. I mean, that's not an easy job. He, uh, he's, he's, uh, a pretty careful guy and he usually does a good job at, at anything he does, but he did have the benefit of, uh, of course, Claudia, uh, Poland or Barbera rode out there with us and, and was also talking to him by Skype ahead of time and, and over Facebook and, and really got him up to speed. So he, he had a little bit of a head start, I think over a lot of people. Yeah, yeah definitely. So what was the uh, what was the final total then? Uh, how much did you raise for the uh, for the charity? I think just over twenty one hundred. At, at the the close of the raffle, we were just over two thousand, and then uh, a few more pledges came in after. Well, that's excellent. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Yeah, it's a good thing to just spread the awareness, and of course, uh-huh. get uh, those dollars rolling in. Yeah, it's good to be. It's it's good to be able to use the the sport that we love to raise money for good causes. Absolutely. And it, uh, you know, we put so much time and, and money into racing, you know, to be able to do a little something is, is nice. I don't know if it's enough, but something's better than nothing. So, and we, we have ideas. I talked about doing it again for show me, but I think that's just going to be too soon. But, uh, I, I do think maybe we could make it a yearly event, uh, for Ozark. And we definitely learned a lot in the way we set up the raffle. Uh, you know, just making it easy for somebody to click and donate right away. There's some things we can do to improve. So if we come back next year, uh, I think I think it'll have more success. Let's uh, talk about the future. Okay, this is the first event of the year for you. So then we got coming up uh, some ARA events. Tell us about the 2019 season because I see that you're already entered for uh, 100 Acre Wood. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we. Uh, We've been flip-flopping between going out west and, and staying east and, and trying to get our finger on the pulse of who else is going out west. Um, but we're going to try for four nationals or, or three nationals and one uh, super regional. Mm-hmm. So first event is going to be 100 Acre and then Southern Ohio and then SDPR and then finish off the year with LSBR. And our, our goal, rather than trying to string a, a championship together, is just, you know, within reason and hopefully within the limits, but run run as fast as we can and try to build some more pace at those events. Well, you're certainly picking four, four of the uh, four of the best events out there to uh, to compete at. I mean, I've uh, I've done uh, Southern Ohio, Southern Ohio. Well, I love that, and uh, LS, LSPR is a cracker too. So it's there's some great rallies to get out out there and uh, and run and like you say you've got the uh, charities decals on the on the car i mean you can only give that you can only give them more exposure as well and, and it should be a really fun season you know hmm. 
part of me was a little bit bummed about not going west, but to look at those four rallies that are coming up, it, it's going to be great. And we'll probably be, I guess, about the same uh, number of rallies as last year, four and then the regional. But um, it, it should be really good, especially since we've done 100 Acre last year. We did LSPR last year. Uh, I've run STPR once in the BMW. So it, it'll be really nice you know, coming back to events now that we know the car a little better, know the roads a little better. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Well, I also saw that, uh, was it, you know, Eric Potts is looking like he's doing a rebuild on his car. And that's uh, kind of one of, one of the people I'm sure you're kind of targeting out there. And, uh, and of course, uh, you and Seamus uh, like to go back and forth battling it on the stages. Uh, you definitely one-upped him uh, at LSPR. Anybody else? Uh, I'm definitely watching Micah. Micah and Tyler out of Missouri are building a – they are quick, and they're building a new turbo car. I actually – checked with them earlier to see how they're coming along and they, they think they're going to get it done and he i don't know if you've ever seen his stage times but honestly if he puts together a clean run he'll, he'll probably blow everybody out of the water i mean they're just uh they're fast <laughs> like next level fast and he's had had some mechanical issues and maybe gotten a little get, bit greedy <laughs> here and there but uh, it's a lot easier to slow down a smidge than it is to speed up a smidge so uh, they're going to be a force and then also, uh, Jesse Yavali, I don't know if you guys have, have followed along, but he's been building a new TI compact BMW, and it's going to be, I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure it's S54 powered, which is a newer uh, M3 engine. And I don't know, I'm not a BMW guy, but I think it's 350 horsepower, give or take, mm-hmm. with a dog box, Samsonist dog box. And he was very quick in his last car which was E30, so I'm sure when he gets that car together, you know, another 100 horsepower plus the box, he'll, he'll be on it. It's really exciting to see the depth come back. Uh, you know, we built the Lexus, and, and when we took 17 off, uh, we, were, we were building that car to come back and race uh, Steely and Millen and Dave and the R2 and Seamus, and then that year – Everything just kind of fell apart in two-wheel drive. Yeah, so, everybody switched classes. Exactly. So, uh, you know, we still have Seamus, which obviously he's all the competition anybody needs. But uh, it, it's going to be awesome to see some depth come back. And not just in two-wheel drive. You know, all-wheel drive's looking pretty darn good for 100 Acre, too. Oh, man. Uh, it's it's going to be pretty insane out there. I mean, that LS3 Sonic that Morrow's got, I guess, is going to be competing? Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I'm still just, my brain just tries to process a V8 motor and a Sonic. I just, (laughs) is that sitting in his lap? What? I mean. (laughs) You know, we saw the car at PRI and it it looks, I mean, it's it's like anything. I guess once it's done, it looks like it should be there. (laughs) But they packaged it really nicely in that car. You know, it doesn't, doesn't look that crazy in the car. It should should be a hoop. Yeah, so you got those guys. Uh, of course, McKenna's going to be there. Uh, Subaru's going to be there. So you got one coming back out, the AP4, uh, RAV4? I don't see him on the entry list yet, though. So I, I'm hoping he can make it there. Technically, we're not on the entry list, and neither is Seamus, and, and uh, neither is Katz on our team. So I think... All right, that's true. Really, and yet I've known that they're coming, so. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think early entry closes the 25th. 
So you still got some stragglers, and then you've got uh, you know another group of folks that'll probably sign up after early entry. Uh, just and, live and it's already through. at forty-eight entries when I last looked. So um, <laughs> that'll definitely kick that up uh, a good notch and uh, some great, great competition. I'm I'm really looking forward to it because I've never been to Hundred Acre Woods. So oh, you're you're in for a treat. Is there one thing that I should know special for Hundred Acre Wood when I go out there? Oh boy, um, yeah, of course the cattle guard. Uh, you know, Fatella's jump. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's named now Fatella's jump after the giant. Oh that's, man, that's what we put in our notes. <laughs> I, I think uh, I think you only have to watch that video once and it it sticks. So that's, Ow, that's the yeah. name we use. Yeah. There, there's a lot of great spots. I I, I can't think of many off the top of my head, but. Uh, I would definitely put that one on the list. Make sure you catch the jump. Most of it's really fast and flowing with a little bit of margin. It'll be interesting to see is, is the depth in the field. More and more people compete and the, the competition gets tighter. It'll be uh, very interesting to see people actually pushing and using all that road. Because you can, you can drive quickly out there. And I, I've been watching some of my videos from last year. And there's just all kinds of room I wasn't using. So... I don't know. Uh, I don't know where that limit's at, but I know people are going to be running quick this year. Sure, I'm just scribbling notes down for for my driver here. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's certainly something. Some, it's certainly something uh, Scott and I are looking forward to. Anyway, I've only ever been as a spectator before, so um, I will. I will come down and look for you at uh, at Park Expose and in, introduce myself for sure. We'll, we'll be in the Lexus. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, Lex, the Lexus, like the like the uh, Chevy S10, are going to be vehicles that are easy to spot. That's for <laughs> that's one thing, isn't it? Is the is the S10? Is it a stock engine or is there something in it? Uh, no, it right now it's got a uh, Avalanche engine in it, which is what is like a three point eight liter or something like that, sir. V eight or uh, no no it's it's just it's just a, it's just the uh, four cylinder. Okay. So, yeah. It's it's extremely economical as well. We did uh, well. What we actually we we crashed out on the uh, start of the second day, but we did uh, a jib way on one tank of gas. Oh, <laughs> uh, you'd, you'd be driving Claudia crazy. She she likes getting that the weight of the fuel out of there. <laughs> She'd be adding six ounces every service. All right, so you're going to be going then, uh, seems, for the uh, Eastern Regional Open Two-Wheel Drive Championship. Um, so, guess... uh, well, actually, I won't be running for a championship. It's kind of funny. So I think uh, you mentioned POTS. I think she'll be running out west with POTS for a couple of events, hopefully Olympus and Oregon Trail. So I'll actually be running national, and then hopefully – uh, that'll be enough points for Claudia to get the national co-drivers championship. Oh, that's cool of you, man. That's great. So, so Claudia is going to be running with you on some events, and she's going to go out west. She's going to be running with Pots. Yep, exactly. And uh. it, 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 it sounds cool to me, but I, I really just want to race this. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he always so, enters national, right? Exactly. So I've got my own. Uh, reasons for it, but yeah, I, I definitely, but hopefully she can get it for the for the season. So we'll see. 
Well then, uh, you know, as, as we close things out for tonight, um, is, is there uh, any special place that everybody should uh, follow the uh, River City Racing uh, team and uh, all the goings on as you uh, compete this season? Uh, yeah, uh, of course we're on Facebook. It's uh, at River City Rally fan page. I got that right. Actually, I think it's fan page at River City Rally. Excuse me. Uh, and then we're also on Instagram, uh, River City Rally. And something else that's kind of cool to follow, if you're not a fan of the Lexus, uh, Brian Katz, uh, my buddy and longtime crew guy, and actually someone that helped me build the car. He's one of the guys that was there just about every week, staying late, trying to get the car ready. Uh, just bought his own car and actually debuted that at Ozark as well. So we now we've got two cars on the team, not just the Lexus. We got another oh, E30. Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's neat to see. He he just uh, at Ozark actually ended up fifth overall in his first rally ever and first in class. So it was pretty it's pretty neat to see him nail it right out of the box. We're really looking forward to seeing you at Hundred Acre Wood. Um, excited for your season to to see the Lexus out there. Um, you know, uh, one thing I got to say is you know you're a man that you know, grew up in the Pacific Northwest, now live in Tennessee, and yet you you still ended up with a Southern accent. I don't know how that happened, but uh, it's pretty cool, man. <laughs> I, I'm impressionable. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Mike is also a little bit sick that you are, you're not competing in the Pacific Northwest this year as well. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get it together one of these years. I, I'd love to come out there and race those guys and those roads and, and see what we could do. Um, it, it's on the list. It'll happen someday. <laughs> maybe, maybe next year. Who knows? Awesome. Well, it was great. Thanks. Thanks for chatting with us, Mike. That was, um, yep. I shall look forward to meeting you at hundred acre and, uh, then maybe we'll get a beer later. That, that sounds good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Cheers. So, thank you there to The Hoop for spending some of his evening with us to talk about what's been going on with River City Rally this year. So, but now Mike and I are going to move on to other news. Uh, we seem yeah, to we have... we haven't had time to talk about news in a while. I mean, we keep having no. all these guests on and all that stuff. We don't just yeah. get a chance to chit-chat, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just looking at our list of other news here, and it goes on quite a ways, doesn't it? So. Uh, well, let's get I'm caught go- up. Move on, yeah. man. Do it. I am uh, indeed. I'm <laughs> going to start. I'm going to start with somebody I recently discovered. Uh, it's a 17-year-old uh, Irish co-driver, Sarah McFadden. Now, stalker. 17... <laughs> <laughs> 17-year-old co-drivers are probably ten a penny in in, in the Irish uh, rally community but uh, sarah is pretty special because sarah was born with albinism and uh, nystigmus so everybody knows what albinism is that's uh, you're an albino you got no no pigment in your skin but uh, nystigmus uh, probably needs a little more of an explanation uh, it's a it's a visual disorder you know how when you look at something in the distance and you turn your head and you keep your eyes focused on the distance your eyes move to to track the object in the distance well with nystigmus that movement is voluntary and basically it's all the time so you can't i believe you can't focus on distant objects too well so she's not allowed to drive because of 
because of this visual impairment. Now, she comes from a rally family. Uh, both her mom and dad have uh, competed or even compete in the Irish Irish rally scene. So, so she became a co-driver for her dad. She couldn't drive, so she became a co-driver. I mean, so, and she seems like it seems like she's pretty darn good at it because they've already had a podium finish in in one rally this year at the Sligo stages, I believe it was, and I think that's in August or September. So, uh, but right now, and this is the cool thing, she's picking up lots of awards for like in Ireland for being like. Irish Young Person of the Year or Disabled Person of the Year for for her achievement in overcoming this uh, her ability a disability I hate to call it a disability actually you know because she is doing what we all do and it's like it's so it's so cool isn't it you know we people with disabilities impairments what have you I mean want to we always want to bring these people in and get them involved with the with with these things and here she is she's she's leading the field i i think it's great uh oh she's uh, i'm gonna put her on my uh sporting heroes list because of what she's doing with with this impairment no so, so she's up there with alex sonardi and billy monger really so if you want to give her a bit of a uh, bit of support she's on facebook it's uh, sarah mcfadden visually impaired rally navigator and Sarah McFadden is spelled S-A-R-A-M-C-F-A-D-D-E-N. So, uh, so all my uh, co-driving friends in uh, over here in the states, uh, go and like her and uh, give her some, show her some support for for what she's doing. I think it's cool. I think it's great. That is awesome. Um, one of the other things we uh, have in our news for this week is uh, talking about Renton R5. Yes, you too can rally a Fiesta, uh, an M Sport Fiesta R5 here in the States because McKenna Motorsports, uh, Barry McKenna's team, is offering the ability to rent one. That's kind of sounds like a pretty killer de- deal, man. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be cheaper than buying an Audi R8? <laughs> I think it would probably be, <laughs> yes, cheaper than buying one. Um, yeah. It depends on how many events, I guess, you rent for, right? Well, you're going to want to rent it for a season, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, at least a season. But I'm guessing that's still cheaper than owning an R8. I'm sure you could do several seasons <laughs> before you get up to that level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that, that that's cool that we've got top-level top level WRC. Well, not top, top-level, but high-level WRC equipment for available to drive here in the States. That's great. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, an amazing piece of machinery. I think it's, uh, you know, something that we want to see more of here in the States. You know, the uh, ARA, when we were talking to Doug, he was talking about how they made a slight rules change to make it easier for these uh, FIA homologated cars to be able to compete in the ARA. And uh, I'm all for it. I'd like to see more of that stuff. I think this is the kind of car that could compete against the top Subaru guys in the right hands. And uh, whoever's got the budget um, or the sponsorship backing to make that happen, uh, I would love to see it. Um, let's see here. Elsewhere in our uh, other stuff in the news, um, one thing we've, we haven't really mentioned yet is Subaru Motorsports, because for those of you that remember it, Subaru Rally Team USA has rebranded themselves and that new livery that we're going to see. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, that's a, that's a classic a classic livery, and it's being echoed very nicely in the uh, the new style design. Yeah, 
Well, hats off to uh, Subaru for, again, you know, just showing the Raleigh heritage and uh, how important that is to their brand. And, you know, obviously just kind of goes along with their support of rallying in general. And it's just pretty killer. So um, perhaps you know a bit more about than me is um, this return to rallying from from Andy Pinker. Well, at least an interest. You know, one of the things that uh, we've really noticed since, uh, well, just over the time since uh, ARA has been around, is this growth in the sport, the uh, expanded interest of what's been going on. Mm -hmm. And Andy Pinker, who uh, was a competitor back in the uh, mid to late 2000s, um, yeah. uh, unfortunately, it was kind of before my time. Yeah. I'm seeing here the last time he competed in America was uh, 2008. Yeah, so it's definitely been a while. Like I said, it was before I really started uh, mm -hmm. getting into the sport, which was more around 2010, 2011. But uh, he's been, uh, you know, out there trying to see what would it uh, take to take on the top Subaru guys. Uh, mm -hmm. He was known to be a very fast driver, and, you know, he's thinking about uh, what, what, you know, investment, what kind of vehicle would be able to make uh, David Higgins maybe sweat a little bit at the front end. So, I, you know, this guy sounds like he's really got the uh, the interest and potentially the ability with the history that he's got. And if he has the right car under him, uh, maybe the R5 would be enough. I, I, you know, my thought is, is on the tight, twisty stuff, I think something like an R5, you know, the Fiesta platform in general, mm -hmm. I think probably is an advantage. But also you got to deal with the fact that Subaru as a team, right? Um, yeah. It's you're not just competing just with your your car you're competing against a team that has a guy that works every corner a guy that works the engine a guy, you know it's just massive it's literally the same as what the wrc has as far as team effort and that's going to be the tough thing to kind of overcome but i'm all for it though uh andy if you can somehow uh end up with uh, the backing to go at it full force dude more power to you we'd love mm -hmm. to see you out there Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Now, something we uh, alluded to at the uh, start of the show is uh, you were appearance on the Absolute Rally podcast. Are you allowed to tell us what was what transpired on there, or do we have to wait until next week to hear what happened? Oh, it's just you know what those guys over there—they're awesome. You know, they're the ones that get top WRC drivers, and you know, it, it, to be even invited to discuss what's going on here in america with rallying is such an honor and a uh, big fan of tony simpson and ryan champion and uh the rest of the crew over there um those guys are just top notch when it comes to you know if i could aspire to anything when it comes to a podcast would be like what they do and uh really appreciate that they invited me over and, and really it was uh talking about what is going on with the american championship you know we've had a lot of changes we've had a lot of growth you know we've already talked about it before the you know, the massive expansion now with Rally America kind of going away. And, uh, you know, want uh, people, the, the people over there want to know what's going on and, you know, how to follow and, and uh, hear about the changes. And it was really kind of focusing most, uh, mostly on that. Uh, one of the other interesting things that they're going to have actually on this week's show is uh, someone that we're going to probably want to try and get on our show as well. Um, and that they were talking to Alex Kiriani. Um Many Americans may remember way back when he was nicknamed Rally Brat. And uh, Alex is um, a, an American co-driver who moved to Britain, and he's uh, actually got dual citizenship then, now that I think about it. And anyways, he's been able to balance his uh, work life with his rally life. Uh, he's got actually 
uh, some posts he's been doing through his, um, uh, gosh, through LinkedIn. And he really talks about having to balance a professional life with the professional rally life with a professional, you know, um, business life. And he's found a way to do it. And uh, he's got a great opportunity this year where he's going to be competing in the junior WRC with yet another American that mm-hmm. I, I feel bad. I didn't know this guy, but Sean Johnston, Sean Johnston's going to be the driver. And Sean is a former of uh, Nissan's GT Academy from Gran Turismo. I don't know if you've heard about this, but this is literally where you play the video game to a level where if you beat everybody out, you get a chance mm-hmm. to, uh, with the Nissan Nismo group or whatever, you get to go and go to like the shootout thing where you get to go and race a real car yeah, against other drivers. And they basically find out if you're going to, you know, you have the chops to become a real race car driver. Well, he's then moved on to competing in the 2012, back 2012, the IMSA GT3 Cup Challenge and won that. That's with uh, Porsche cars in mm-hmm. real life. Um, not not simulated. This is real. Yeah. Uh, moved to Europe and has competed in the Porsche Super Cup and the Porsche Carrera Cup in Germany. And uh, now he's transferring those uh, skills and abilities into his first foray into rallying. I think he did uh, just one rally event so far. Um kind of learning how it is. And I think he's had his first wreck so far too, if I remember uh, reading a little bit from uh, Alex Karani's uh, blog, but you know, he's got that out of the way now. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. But they're going to competing in not just the uh, WRC, um, JWRC, the junior WRC, mm-hmm. but also in the European rally championship. So I'm really excited to have two Americans out there. Uh, obviously someone with a lot of skill too. Mm-hmm. Uh competing at that level um over there in europe that'll be pretty kick-ass excellent because you know when we uh talked to uh dylan van way was it at the was it last year and Mm -hmm. he said the thing that held him back in the jwrc was not being able to compete with these guys at the highest level week after week and if you're doing the jwrc and the erc then you're competing against a higher standard of competition for longer. So that has got to, that's got to work well for, for Sean's development. Well, the, the whole team's development really, hasn't it? Yeah, I think, I think it certainly has. And uh, like I said, I, I, I couldn't be more excited to see uh, how they're going to do out there. And their first event is going to be this weekend, Sweden. Oh, Sweden, of course it is. Yes, Sweden this weekend. Yep, first round of the JWRC. And uh, so, yeah, so everybody, if you listen to this show and you like rallying, definitely listen to Absolute Rally Podcast. Those guys over there, they're just brilliant. Really, really good show. So uh, something else we uh, need to give a, a mention to, we'll give a, uh, give a mention to uh, Henry uh, Krolikowski who is currently in hospital battling battling an illness. Uh, Henry and his wife, Cindy, have been mainstays of the North American rally scene for, for many, many years. And uh, so we just want to let them know that uh, we're, we're thinking of them and uh, hope for a recovery for Henry so we can, we can see him out on, uh, on the rally circuit again. Yeah, that's just a, a sad thing, you know. But he's a press-on-regardless kind of guy. Uh, really tough you know he's up for the the challenge from what it sounds like and uh yeah henry we all wish you the best and uh hope that you uh end up healing up quickly and uh we'll see you back out there 
So uh, I don't have anything else, Mike. Do you have anything else? At this point, I'm going to interject a little bit of extra news. You know, one of the things that's challenging about doing news on a podcast is that by the time you edit it and get it posted, the old news can be quite old. And go figure, the day after we recorded our show, we got the big news that Oliver Solberg will be competing in six rounds of the American Rally Association National Championship in the second Subaru from Subaru Motorsports USA. The rounds he'll be missing, though, are Oregon Trail and Ojibwe. But in those rounds, we'll have Travis Pastrana back in the car. So that'll be kind of cool. Um, also, since this is Sunday, and yes, sorry, it's taken me that long to edit. It's been a busy week at home. But uh, as it is Sunday, I watched, of course, the end of WRC Sweden, in which an impressive Sean Johnston in front of the show, Alex Cariani, finished fifth in their first junior WRC event. The fifth place finish equals the best of Americans uh, Dylan Van Way when he finished fifth in uh, Finland, I believe it was, in 2017. But that's really not bad for Sean's debut at the world level. Uh, he's got very limited rallying background and experience. Um, and of course, all the junior WC drivers compete in identical Fiesta R2Ts, and they receive points based on the finishing position, but also get a bonus point for each uh, stage that they win. So because of that, Sean and Alex actually currently sit 7th in the JWRC, not 5th. That's because some of the other competitors had some stage wins. Uh, the next junior WRC event is Rally Mexico in March, so uh, we won't have to stay up all night to follow the progress of these two guys. They're definitely going to just keep getting better and better. Again, sorry for the late bit of news and late post of this podcast. We hope to have another one for you next week. I think that's it for this week. You know, we've been kind of doing a show a week, and uh, I'm sure we'll try and find something for next week, man. Well, yeah, and don't forget, we have got number 50 coming up. Well, next, so maybe we should work on something special for that. I don't know. But 50 should be noted in some way. So We'll see if we can come up with something we'll a little see. bit extra. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, so... so that about wraps it up for this week. Remember, you can now get our show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or just search your favorite podcast app. We're also on all the popular social media platforms, and if you're one of those people that use YouTube for everything... Well, we're on there as well. So so subscribe, tell a friend, like, share. And who knows, maybe with enough of you subscribing and sharing, we can get a sponsor or something. Anyway, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Ian Holmes. And uh, thanks to Mike for letting me do this this week. If you enjoyed it, maybe I can, he'll let me do it again some other time. But until then, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>